Hello to all my OnlyFans fans. It's beautiful shorties. Half an hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you and you'll get to know me. Hi everybody, Chris Gethard here and this is Beautiful Shorties. I'm so excited to bring this to you. It's half hour calls instead of hour long calls. Now why are we doing this? We're doing this because there's a platform called Topic. You can look them up, streaming service. They do a lot of very cool stuff. And they have made four episodes of a beautiful anonymous show. It's really cool. What they do is uh, I do the phone calls, they film me in the studio and then they add animation and visual aids over it. And I tell you, I, 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 uh, I just like a lot of you guys, I bet a lot of people right now are going, ah, I'm nervous. That's not the thing I love, but I watched it and they did a really great job of having those animations be gentle touches and the half hour phone calls. I listened to them and I'm sitting here going, I think they are good and I'll stand by that. And when you film TV, really any type of TV, you film a lot more than you need. And we had a bunch of calls and we're only doing four episodes. So we used four of those calls and Topic was gracious enough to say, you know what, we're going to release the audio on all the other ones. And I love that. I love that. Four people get to see their stories go out over the Topic project and then everybody else, you're going to hear yourself on the feed here, which I think is really cool. So I hope you like it. I hope you like the 30 minutes. I hope you like this quick burst, a little extra for your week. I hope you enjoy it. Now, uh, the call you're about to hear today is, uh, it was it was fun. It was interesting. I was fascinated. If you are familiar with the site OnlyFans, it's a site where people um, generally use it to post content that a lot of people might view as porno- pornographic. You know, pornography is in the eye of the holder, as the courts say. And uh, you can charge and you can build a fan base and you can uh, try to make a living or supplement your income. And our caller is participating in this world and can speak very eloquently about it and lets us know what it's like on the other side of that paywall and also lets us know a lot about life. It's a really good call. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hey, how's it going? Hey, oh my God, I got through. <laughs> yeah, it's super nice of you to call. It's oh. nice to talk to you. Thank you. You as well. How are you today? I'm good. I'll tell you what, I'm uh, I'm in the process of buying a house, which is very exciting. And I'm very excited to be in a place in life where I can do that. But we have to have some renovations done. And oh my God, is that a lot. It's a lot. Oh, I can't even imagine. It's a lot on my wife. In the same age, though, yeah. purchasing a house, that's a huge deal. So congratulations Thanks. on that. Thanks so much. I know it's one of those things that I'm complaining about. And I'm like, I'm very lucky to be in a position where that's even possible. So it's all good. Of course, yeah. Now, how are you? Also, I would definitely watch a renovation show with you and your wife. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would be a documentary about a murder as she asks me to do things and then I forget to do them. And then she eventually kills me. That That's the only way. It would not be on HDTV. It would be like a Netflix true crime documentary. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How are well, you? I hope that doesn't happen. 
I am all right. I'm a little frustrated right now. There's been a lot going on, but right now, again, this is, you know, a problem that is something that's annoying to complain about. But um, I am on this website called OnlyFans. Are you familiar with that? Um, yeah. Uh, only in the, I hate to say it, but I'll just admit it. Only in the context of pornography. It's a pornographic site, right? Yes. Yeah. And it's been in the news a lot recently because there was this huge leak where a lot of the top creators, um, someone like stole all their content and posted it. So it's been like... OnlyFans has been like trending on Twitter, so people are becoming more and more aware of it. Right. So I think um, like the servers have actually crashed because they're not used to having as much traffic to the website as usual. No. So um, for those of us who are trying to make money through that and it constantly being down and glitching, it is a huge frustration. So my understanding here's my um, how I've come to know about it, is I use Reddit quite often. And Reddit has yeah. not safe for work sections, and many of them are free. And what will happen is people will get extraordinarily popular on Reddit posting images of themselves nude. And then they will eventually hit a point where they'll say, hey, if I'm getting so big at this anyway, join this OnlyFans site. And it's almost like Patreon, but for very yeah. personal, um, very, very personal like pornography. Content. Yeah. yeah. So you, and, um, so I haven't done it through Reddit. I did it through Twitter because that's another place where you can post not safe for work photos and not get flagged or deleted. Um, and then you direct people to your OnlyFans and you get to set your own pricing. So it's like a monthly subscription and then people can also tip and people can like pay to unlock messages you send them and that kind of thing. So. Well, so I'll just be, uh, I'll get over the awkwardness as a repressed Irish Catholic and just ask, so you post content, <laughs> you, you are posting content to try to make money. So you're, you're posting images of yourself, you're interacting with fans. Yeah, so images and videos and like people can request stuff and obviously like you don't have to do everything people want you to do. But um, I'm, I've, I'm very new to it actually. I've been doing it for less than a month so far, so... Um, definitely not an expert on it by any means, but trying to learn everything I can as quickly as possible. So you said you started out on Twitter and you started gaining some traction there? Yeah. How did you, uh, how did you begin posting? So it was weird timing. I actually lost my job a few days after I started it, which it had no correlation. Um, but I was like trying to get out of this job anyway and was really miserable where I was. And I've always been like a visual artist and a poet. And so I kind of took it as a way, like very much an extension of that art where like I can be nude and it can be sexual, but then like, I'll be like reading a poem over in the background. So it's still very much like within the vein of what I was already doing, just more sexual, obviously. Um, and so I started doing that and started like posting like news and little videos and like cheeky poems that I would write on Twitter. And then people were asking if I had an OnlyFans and I wasn't actually super familiar with it, but I did have a few friends who were on it. So, um, they gave me some tips and like told me how to start it out. And I just went from there and I'm hoping that it can be something that's lucrative enough to where I don't have to desperately find a job soon because that hasn't been going great but so how uh how much money are you making can i ask always an awkward question but you're anonymous that's part of yeah, the point of course. yeah well and i think also 
it's important because so many people think like, oh, like my job is hard, so I'm just going to start an OnlyFans and start making like $30,000 a month or, you know, like there are unrealistic <laughs> expectations. And it does take a lot to gain a following. And once you have a big following and a big following of people who actually are wanting to pay for that experience and to not just get like free nudes, um, it does snowball. But honestly, so I've been on it for probably three weeks now and I've made like around $300. So it is very much a slow build. hundred bucks a week. So you're getting... Yeah. So as far as being currently unemployed, you're stopping the bleeding. You're getting your you're getting your pocket cash taken care of. I'm doing what I can, yeah. And also me losing my job is a pretty interesting story if we want to get into that too. How so? So it's hard to like say where I worked because it's so niche, but I haven't even said what state I'm in or anything, so it really doesn't matter. Um, I worked at a luxury coffee table bookstore. Um yeah, that's as vague as I'm going to keep it. But um, so there was just a staff of three of us. And then our manager got laid off in July. And like out of nowhere, we had no idea it was coming. Also, she was in the process of like leaving town because her mom was in the hospital. Like it was horrible timing. She'd been there for years and years and years. And just out of nowhere, they laid her off and said that they couldn't afford to pay her. So we're like, okay, so we don't have a manager anymore. So that's interesting. Like, how's that going to go? And so they just decided we didn't need a manager. So basically, then the rest of us started doing all of the managerial work for no extra pay and for no, like, better job title, um, which, like, was okay for a minute. And, like, we were all very hardworking and, like, happy to take on new responsibilities and loved having, like, the empowerment of kind of running our own store but at the same time, the longer it went on, it's like, okay, are there opportunities for growth for us here? Because we are doing much more than we signed on for without any compensation. And so it became a very hostile work environment from management or like the higher ups outside of the store. And um, they basically drove one of our coworkers to quit. And so he quit. And then like... A while later, so it's down to just two of us working there, and, um, like, we've only ever had absolutely positive, glowing feedback on our job performances, like, constant praise on everything we're doing, and out of nowhere, one day, they walked in, and they were like, hey, so due to low sales and job performance, we're going to have to let y'all go, so they just, like, fully out of nowhere fired us for no reason. Wow. So you're at this boutique yeah. book sales place, which sounds like an awful hip feather in the cap to work at. You get let go. Yeah, so things and got tense. a hard job market. Yeah, I would imagine. I would imagine, especially like any book. I mean, there's Barnes and Nobles closing down. I would imagine a boutique yeah. coffee sales, uh, coffee book sales place is, is it's an uphill fight against the online vendors. Yeah, and we had like three thousand, twelve thousand dollar books. Like we also had right. lower price ones, most of them were like twenty to seventy. But right. we were really pushed to sell like the twelve thousand dollar book. So you're selling fancy stuff to rich people. Yeah, I'm trying to. And now it falls apart, and you and you had just started, and now all of a sudden you're in this online world that's this underground thing. That's a head spinning couple weeks right there. Yeah. Well, it did open up time to be working on it. And I really am like, 
True. True. I mean, yes. it's just like I'm tired when I'm working 40 hour weeks. Like I'm exhausted by the time I get home. I don't want to like film me like masturbating, you know, like, and so now I have a lot more time to be doing that. And, um, the only other thing is that I am then like, I'm not fully promoting it on like my personal Instagram. Like I'm not being blatant, but I'm posting some like very like, like more risque than I would have been posting beforehand and just putting like DM for details or whatever. And so then trying to find like a, like another vanilla job while posting that kind of thing on social media is its own challenge because people are so weird about sexuality and like, it's like, Oh, if you're like in lingerie on Instagram, do we really want to hire you? You know? And, uh, and employers check all that stuff now. Yeah. So I'll just ask, because you mentioned masturbation videos. I know that when it's like a self-determined, self-empowered platform like this, you get to kind of set the bar as far as how softcore or hardcore things get. How do you determine that line for yourself? It's really just like based on what I'm feeling comfortable filming that day. And I'm never going to like promise something until I've filmed it and after filming it, then I'll go through and edit and be like, okay, am I like, do I feel good about this? Like, do I feel okay about this? Cause there have been things that I've filmed and then I watched them and I'm like, Oh, I don't like this. And I just won't post it. Um, and then there are like engagement groups where different girls will give each other free trials to each other. So that first of all, you can kind of see what other people are posting and kind of learn from that. And then also we'll go and like like and comment on everyone's stuff so it looks like you're getting good engagement because a lot of your paying subscribers are very hesitant to be commenting and stuff like that because they want to remain so anonymous. Mm-hmm. And so if you're like getting no comments, it looks like you don't have any followers when in actuality you do. They're just being quiet or they're in your DMs. So. And when you get those DMs, do you ever feel pressure? Because I know, I mean people are people and especially on the internet people can take on personas that get very blunt very aggressive are people saying you know i'll pay you a lot more to do this type of thing and then you're walking that line between you know financial gain versus your own comfort zone i really haven't had that so much yet um most of the people like my paid subscribers some of them are like people who i knew five years ago who i knew had a crush on me and like wow so the majority of the people who are paying like are very respectful and very nice. The people who are disrespectful are the people who are not paying, who just see you on Twitter and DM you and think that they're owed something just because like, you know, I've had people just like send me dick pics and I'm like, dude, don't send me that. I'm going to block you. And they're like, but you're a whore. Like what? And like laughing emoji. And I'm like, okay. Like, and you just block those people. And it is very much like a give and take where like people aren't very neutral. People are either very, very nice or very, very mean. And there's not much middle ground between the two. And then you try to cultivate it and curate your own audience to make sure you're keeping the people who are, who are positive towards you and who get it on your terms and get the creeps out. There is so much free shit out there that like the people who are going to pay monthly for an OnlyFans account, like, it's a different, it's like a totally different thing than porn, even though it is similar, like you're paying for the experience to kind of feel like, you know, the person. And so I'll sometimes even just post videos of me, like in like my sweats, just like talking about my day or whatever, just so people feel like they do know me and I'll get kind of more like 
girlfriend experience and post stuff like that too. Right. So some of it is outright erotic or, or sexual, and then some of it is about promoting this sense of intimacy that people feel like they can yeah. pay to have access to. And like, you know, making sure the people who are paying, like, I'll DM them like, hey, good morning, how's your day? Like, throughout the day, I'll, like, not like I'm, like, constantly in contact with them or anything, but, like, I'll send three little, like, check-ins a day just so they do feel like, I don't know, I'm, like, a significant person in their life or whatever. Wow. And do you, I, I mean, I guess I'll ask, and it's kind of a cutthroat question, do you feel any sort of actual connection or... Is it the job you're playing the part in a way that some people might view as a little more cutthroat or a little bit more, this is a service-based job. I'm providing that yeah. service. They think it's more of a connection than it is to me. Or do you ever go, oh, that person was stressed out yesterday. Let me see how they're doing. I think possibly like the more long-term I do it, it'll be more like they might be actual relationships in my life where I do like, I mean, I genuinely care about people, but it's like, I don't really know these people's names. Like, it's just like a username and a little pic. Like, I I don't think about them or, like, worry about them, I guess. Whereas, like, I think down the line, if I've been talking to someone for, like, a year or something, that might change. But as of right now, it really is just, like, a persona. And I'm just like, okay, let me, like, answer these people so that I can, like, talk to my actual friend who I'm with or talk to my boyfriend or, you know. So d- does your boyfriend know about this? Or family, people in your life? My sibling I'm very close with and they know about it. Um, And my boyfriend knows about it. That's a whole other situation we can get into. Um, So I am a 26-year-old, mostly gay person. Like, I'm pansexual, but I very much gravitate toward women. And, like, it's not ideal for me to be in a relationship with a man, but just statistically, obviously that is like what tends to happen more often. Um, and he is 43 and I've known him for a very long time and we've only been together for about a year now. But I actually, when I was 18, I was stripping at a club and found out he worked at a Starbucks I would go to. And I like had overheard me talking about it. And one time like, asked me, like, hey, do you work at blah, blah, blah? And I was like, I do. Why? Like, thinking it was going to be something, like, weird or creepy. And he was like, I actually used to manage it. Like, and so we just kind of bonded over that because I didn't have anyone in my life who, like, really understood that industry. And so he became a very close friend. And so we've been friends for probably, like, eight or so years now. And then just kind of ended up together. And so... That's another thing we struggle with is we're at different points in our life and he very much knows that like, I don't like long, like, I don't want to end up with a guy. And then he's like, I would marry you tomorrow, but I know that's not what you want. So. Wow. That is, you, you, you just described, you succinctly described a lifestyle that's like one of the more modern I feel, yeah. like, I feel like you are living a life that to the younger generations makes a lot of sense and that older generations, when they hear a 26-year-old pansexual who prefers women generally but is uh, dating an older man who they met through uh, the sex work industry, yeah. th- that is a description of a life that my parents' generation goes, whoa, and that people who have yeah. graduated college recently go, yeah, welcome to modern times. 
It is really funny because even like I was in therapy when I started seeing him and I was even like afraid to tell my therapist about it. I also like have had like lots of like sexual trauma to where I'd been celibate for like three or four years leading up to it and how we actually kind of got like together together was we were like drunk at this gay bar that his friends managed one night and no one else was there and I was like sobbing about how like it'd been so long that I like kind of felt like a virgin again and I was so terrified at the thought of having sex with someone again just because like we kind of live in an age where I think so many people like I don't want to say like expect sex on the first date but it is like very normal and then being such a sexual person it's like hard for me to navigate like okay so do I just say no and seem like a prude or do I say no and explain my sexual trauma and then that ends up like a trauma bonding thing that people probably aren't trying to do on the first date or do I just give in and be re-traumatized which is what I kept doing so that's why I was celibate for so long and so we were drunk at a bar and he was like if you just need someone to like fuck you like I'll do it like and I'm just like rolling my eyes like yeah whatever that's never gonna happen and then like slightly later I'm like oh that happened and then the closer we got it's like he's treated me better than any guy I've ever dated before, which is comforting, but also sex that it is a relationship that is very non-traditional and hard to explain to like older people or like, I haven't like told my mom about it or anything. So. All right, everybody, let's pause. It's a half hour episode. We're just going to have one ad break today. Let's get to it. All right, everybody, I'm going to finish off this 30-minute shorty. It is a relationship that is very non-traditional and hard to explain to, like, older people. Or, like, I haven't, like, told my mom about it or anything, so. Now, I got to ask, first things first, to hear that you suffered trauma, I just want to let you know, I hate hearing that. My heart goes out to you. I will say, hearing that, I mean, I have to assume that if you're celibate for a long time, you're only 26, to hear that you suffered this trauma when you were young, that you wound up stripping, that you are now uh, doing some online, I think fair to call it sex work. I hope that that's not something that's like jarring to hear. I think we'd agree on that. No, absolutely. And I, I have to wonder because... I think one of the one of the stereotypes people hold in their in their minds might be that people who get into sex work are often people who have suffered trauma. And that's a really concerning thing. And one of the things about sort of the OnlyFans idea, I think, is that there's there's some idea that that at least I've always thought like morally it feels better on my end as someone who you know, let's face facts. Everybody, everybody looks at some stuff online. Everybody has a stretch where they, uh, where they are frustrated or, or whatever. Um, and part of what feels morally better about it is I'm going, well, this is very self-empowered. This is 
very driven by this person and it's on their terms and it feels less exploitative than what you hear about the actual porn industry in a traditional way. But hearing that Absolutely. you suffered trauma makes me, it makes me a little worried. And I, I wonder if you're safe and feeling emotionally safe, if you've sought out emotional safety in your life and that this yeah, I mean, feels I've healthy to you. So much EMDR therapy, like mm-hmm. it's, and I mean, this might be like stupid of me to say, but from my viewpoint, I like personally, I really don't see the connection between my sexual trauma and coming into sex work. Like even before having any sexual trauma, like growing up as a girl, you are so sexualized, like despite actual like traumas, like you grow up like knowing that you're viewed that way. And so I can remember being like 11 and like knowing people were looking at me that way. And so there is a part of you that kind of like learns that to be like, to find power in doing that performatively rather than just like it's happening, whether you're performing it or not, you know, if that makes sense. It does. I mean, on the, like I said, on the one, on the one hand, obviously, as a as like an empathetic person, there's going to be a part of me that feels concerned. But then to hear you saying, "This is performative," it almost allows it to exist on your terms and your terms only in a way where I'm like, "Well, maybe that's the healthiest thing in the world." But man, is it confusing? And 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 more than anything else, yeah, it's awful that well, everything's so nuanced. Yeah. Like- yeah, who's to say really, you know, like who's who's to say? And I'm sure it's a case-by-case thing. I'm sure there's so many Absolutely. people who fall in a range, but most of all, what a shitty world we live in that that needs to even be a thought of, of are you emotionally okay because awful things have happened to you? Yeah. I hate that. I hate that I even have to ask that. Well, and honestly, like I think like, being in the relationship with this man that I am, it has helped me so much. And like, we've had so much sex. And in the beginning, it was very much a process for both of, both of us where he was like, you're someone I've cared about for so long and I just want to protect you. And I want to do this to help you. But that's also hard for me to like, see you in that way because I've tried to not see you in that way and to not sexualize you. And then from me, like going through like, is this something I can handle? And like, even when emotionally I felt okay, there were times where like my body would shut down and it would be like, okay, so we need to stop. Like what's going on? Let's think about this. And so now like a year later, it is something that obviously like I still think about from time to time, but like it doesn't run my life in the way that it was. And I can like fully have sex without even thinking about the trauma anymore, which is like a huge level of growth. So it is something that isn't weighing on me emotionally anywhere near to the degree that it was a year ago. I'm so, so happy to hear that because again, you know, some people hearing it might go, this guy's almost 20 years older than her. Is he, is he taking advantage? But it sounds like it's become an incredibly healthy thing. And I have to imagine too, to go through a stretch of life where sex feels like something you're closed off to, or, or, you know, you got some sense of PTSD about to get back to a place where you're comfortable enough with someone where you can really enjoy it. That must be that must be a cool stretch of life. Oh yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> that you must that must be like a, like it feels like the clouds part and the sun comes out and birds are chirping and we're like, oh, I just enjoyed sex for the first time in a long time. Oh, yeah. that must be particularly uh, that must be a particularly pleasurable thing. 
It's great. And then to be with a guy who I can just like watch dumb TV with and he'll rub my neck and make me grilled cheese sandwiches and stuff like. So that's nice. I'm very lucky. I mean, everyone goes through a lot in life, but at the point that I'm in, despite being like unemployed and whatever, <laughs> I'm very lucky with where I am right now. Yeah. I mean, good sex and a grilled cheese. That sounds like a pretty good life to me. Sounds like a pretty good life to me. And also me. my other coworker who my coworker who got fired with me is like one of my absolute best friends in the world and they got a job immediately the next day, which like was a huge weight off my shoulders because they also like are currently homeless and like I was like, How are you gonna like fire someone who's homeless? Like how evil are you? And so like I'm I'm lucky enough that I'm in a privileged enough place where like it's not as dire for me and knowing that my friend like got their shit figured out so fast and like is also doing okay. Like everything worked out pretty well. Landed on your feet. Landed on your feet. It's good to see the people in your life land on their feet too. Now. Oh, absolutely. Do you, do you feel like the OnlyFans experience is a stopgap measure until you find that next day job? Or is it something that you can imagine being, in your life for a while. I can imagine it being in my life for a while. Honestly, like it's, it's so weird. And like, I don't want to be cross, but like, I'll be talking to my boyfriend about it. And obviously like, he doesn't love it, but he understands it and would never try to like restrict it, especially when I am like feeling so artistic about it. Um, but you know, I'm talking to him and I'm like, I never thought I could be like taking pictures of my vagina and be like, (laughs) wow, that's cute. Like I look great. You know, like it really has like, made me feel better about myself because normally it's like, who am I going to take these pictures for? What am I doing? Like I would post like, like I've always done like artistic nudes and stuff, but then it's like, you have to censor everything for Instagram and then worry, like, should I even be posting this? So to have the liberty of just being like, I look hot as fuck today. And these people are going to pay me to tell me that like it, it's fun. That since you, all right, I'll just ask the question. Might be awkward. Is there, you know, this sexual awakening in your life, in your personal life, that is now coinciding with this. Is there ever any part of you that that does feel turned on? Like there's any part of you that you see your boyfriend at the end of a day after you've been doing the OnlyFans thing and you're like, we got we to gotta get in bed right now because that was hot. <laughs> For sure, yeah. And like, I'll like send him some like tamer things. Like he sometimes is more curious about things, but I'm like, if I'm making a video where like, I'm very much performing and I'm not actually in it. And I know that I'm like, I don't want to like show you that because you get to see the real thing. So why would you want to see me being like fake, you know? Yeah. And then he'd have that in his mind. You get the real thing. Yeah. And that's a special, that's, there, there you go. That's the intimacy side of it. I can't, it's, you know, it's like, I think of it and I, I think, you know, I hate that you were traumatized. I hate that you got put in that position. And the fact that women in society are sexualized from such a young age. I am laughing at the thought of, I'm like, I could never do that. Could you imagine (laughs) anybody paying me online? They're like, hey, get there. I'll pay you. I'll pay you 30 bucks to get naked. Like, that would just be so uncomfortable. I'd be like, all right, okay. Like, that, those videos would be the most cringy attempt at eroticism anyone's ever experienced. 
that is the one reason that I don't want to do like live stuff because like you have to just be in it and you can't like cut, you know, like if I'm making a video, I can be like, all right, I'm going to take a second. Like <laughs> I'm going to eat something or like this, or this feels awkward. This is weird. And I can cut that out. Whereas if you're doing like camming and live performance, like you just have to stay in that character. And I also have the privilege of being like, I don't, feel like doing it right now, so I'm not going to do it. Like, or I started filming this, and then I'm like, ah, so I'm going to stop. Right. Whereas if it's live and somebody has, like, a fetish that you haven't heard yeah. before, and then you start giggling, and then they feel <laughs> judged, and then they unsubscribe, it's costing you money. Right. They're yeah. sitting there, and they're like, exactly. uh, I, I really, uh, I'm really into farmer girls. Tell me you want to bail hay. Bail hay for me. <laughs> and then you're sitting there trying yeah, not to laugh, that. and then they... They're like, that was a real boner killer. Come on, let's, come on. We're both got to be in on the fantasy. And then you feel bad. Yeah, and then they're on Twitter like, this girl's a bitch. Like, how dare she? She wouldn't indulge me in my uh, feed slop to pigs <laughs> fantasy. specific niche. Put on overalls. Yeah. Hey, can you put on overalls and make sure there's some some pig <laughs> slop on them? Because I am I got a farmer girl <laughs> fetish, which is not, some people do. And more power to them, but... To do it live yeah, in the exactly. moment. No judgment. But, I can see what you're yeah. saying there. I can see what you're saying there. No judgment, but there is time to process things. So. Yeah. Now, being someone who your natural inclination is more attracted towards females, you've, you're with a guy who it sounds like you have something really healthy with and who you really trust and who you've, you've said in glowing terms it's, it's a positive relationship. Do you, do you feel any sense of being unfulfilled to not pursue what's your more, you know, what you've said is like the more natural inclination you have? Slightly. Yeah. And somewhat just because I am so young and I'm like, how long am I going to put into this relationship to where like, I don't like this sounds so mean to say out loud, but I don't want to feel like I like have wasted my youth, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm a very monogamous person. So it's like, I'll go out and like, even if there's like some gorgeous girl who like, I like could potentially be into like, I'm not seeing it. Like I'm not seeking those things out. Um, And so it is hard sometimes because it would be so much easier to be with another queer person. And like, there is a part of me that like craves that. And especially being with a man, no matter how understanding he is, there is still always going to be some level of like, there are things that I have to explain and like teach and like, Sometimes I'm tired and I don't want to teach a man about things that, like, they maybe can't, they can empathize with but can't ever quite fully understand. And then there, when you're with a woman, you just don't have to explain or talk about those things, you know? I get that because I have stuff explained to me constantly. It's a constant need. Yeah. And the only Which relationship, yeah, and the only relationships I've ever been in that worked are where people are like, hey, idiot, here's where you're putting yeah. your foot in your mouth this time. Hey, uh, you just and it's made you such a great person, if I can say so. You are so empathetic, and you never say anything that makes me cringe in any of my very strong beliefs. So I thank you for that. Well, that's awful nice. I ch- I try to just not judge. You know, I just try to make sure I don't judge. Yeah, if you could see my personal, my poor wife. Even to this day, we've been together eight years. We got together when I was already in my thirties, and she'll have to be like, my, "Here's." Here's my favorite thing my wife explained to me, and it's simple, and it's not layered in terms of like emotion or sexuality or any of the sort of deeper things we've touched on. But I remember once we were heading 
somewhere and we were running late and I was getting very impatient and my wife was in the bathroom and she was putting on makeup and I started to really, cause I have, I have a lot of neuroses and I have a lot of anxiety and I started to feel like, man, we're going to be late. It's going to stand out. I'm going to feel bad and this and that. And she could, I was kind of saying, Hey, just so you know, here's what time it was. And she could feel that it was like a little bit of a pressure cooker. And I, I admittedly was creating it. And she just goes, Hey, being a girl takes a long time. And I remember hearing that and going like, that it's is true. so simple yet so brilliant. And it changed my perspective forever of like, I got to be a little more understanding because there's tons of bullshit. I can just walk out the door with bad skin and yeah. my hair all messed up and <clears throat> and my clothes all rumpled and unironed and no one judges me. Or if they do, it's not something yeah. that's going to like affect my self-esteem you don't get that option if you grow up female or not grow up female and uh, opt opt into it. It's the same way where like my boyfriend and I'll be like getting ready to like his, his friends own this um, lesbian and gay bar in the town that I live in, which does not have very many of those whatsoever. Um, So we'll go there a lot and we'll be getting ready to go out and I'll be like wearing like the most like badass outfit and like putting on my fake lashes and lipstick and stuff. And he's like, which t-shirt and jacket should I wear? Like, that's all you have to think about is like, which t-shirt and jacket am I going to wear? Where I'm like art directing an entire life. <laughs> an, an image. Yeah. We get to be like, should I wear the shirt with the gravy stain on it or with the tomato sauce stain on it? Yeah. Which one has less of a stain? That's like literally, th- if I wear a jacket over this, they won't <laughs> see the stain on the side. I'll probably go with that one and just not take my jacket off. And then you guys are there like, oh, I'm out of all these things. I won't even know the right references to make because I'm an ignorant guy. Where I'm, oh, I'm out of the foundation powder that works in the lighting of this particular bar. Like that's really stuff you guys have to think about. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this powder looks good in real life. But if someone takes a flash photograph, I'm going to look so pale. Like I just try not to worry about it that much. And God forbid. You can't worry about it all that much. Yeah. And yet they stick it in the back of your mind when you're like nine years old. And then it's just one uh-huh. of the other. Bull- well, and it's so hard because like now we're in a place where it's like, do I love the way that I look in makeup because I actually love it? Or like, like, am I empowered in this way? Or is this like ingrained in me and I'm stuck and I can't get out of it? Or is it both? Like, right. You know, because it's like I do love like wearing some blush and right. mascara and whatever. And but then I'm like, but do I love it? Do I feel like I have to? And so sometimes I will think about that. I'm like, am I doing this because I feel like I have to, or am I doing this because I want to? Right. And, and it goes back and forth day so by day. Fascinating, but. right? Or and then there's the option of like, is this the greatest sense of empowerment I can feel within this rigged system? You know, like is it? Yeah. It's wild. Whereas, but I'll tell you what, I got. But it is. I just the other day, I said something that I thought was casual and my wife burst out crying because, you know, I haven't, well, since we had, we had a baby and, and I don't get to work out anymore and I had been really good and now my weight's ballooned back up. And I said to my, I was like, yeah, I'm I'm like really aware of it and I want to get back on the horse with working out. And then I'll be sitting there eating food and I'll look down at the food I'm eating and it'll be all greasy or sugary. And I'll just go, man, this is why you don't like how you look. And I thought that was just conversational. And she burst out crying. I was like, oh, I got the, everybody got these issues, man. Everybody walks through the world 
and I'm sure it's deeper for her also, like, having had a baby. I don't know how old he is at this point, but, like, I'm sure that has been its own set of, like, physical and, like, societal struggle for her. Of course, of course. It's those buttons that we both share now, but that, again, more pressure yeah. more pressure on her in an unfair way. We got two Well, you just got to start doing left. the jujitsu again. I know. I got to get back in the ring. I, well, I was I, trying to do it, and then the other week I got... I got the shit beat out of me so bad that I haven't gone back yet because mentally I was like, that was terrifying. A 250-pound man well, put me in fair. a wrist lock. No, I got to walk out of here like, yeah, I don't even know. that doesn't sound like casual fun to me, so. Nah, nah. So what's the rest of your day looking just, like? What's the schedule? Are you like going to get off the phone call and start getting dolled up for an OnlyFans? That's, I, I, that became so normal I, the more we talked about it, but it's still hold, a shocking thing. Yeah. As I was on hold, I was like taking video and stuff. So Wait a second. Um, I've got my content racked up here. <laughs> so wait. Nothing like wild. Like I wasn't, it's not like Jared was going to come on and like hear me moaning. Like I wasn't doing that or anything. What were you, but, I got to like, ask, like, I don't want you to say anything if you're not comfortable. You, so you're sitting on hold right before we talked and you're taking like video, like vi- videos of your vagina? No, 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 no. It was not anything that drastic. Okay. I'm like okay. wearing a like very cropped Playboy sweatshirt and a song and I was just doing like cute little like me posing around. It wasn't like a hardcore anything at all. Wow. And then when you hang up, are you going to say like, oh, I need to adjust the lighting on those and get back to work? Yeah. (laughs) And then I'm also at the same time working on my second book of poetry. And so that I can go work on in public and go write. But then the OnlyFans stuff I have to work on at home, obviously, because I can't have that on my screen at like a coffee shop. Now, 10 seconds left. I didn't even get to ask. How is the poetry Um, going? How's the art? It's so good. It's almost ready to be released. I'm releasing it in May. I'm so excited. Beautiful. I hope I get to read it someday. Thank you for calling. Thank you. Of course. Have a good day. You too. Caller, thank you so much for filling us in on what a lot of people might view as sort of mysterious or hidden worlds. What a cool thing for you to pull back the curtain, be vulnerable, let us know about your experience and your life. Very, very cool of you. Thank you so much to Topic, both for taking a chance on the Beautiful Anonymous show and for allowing us to use this audio for beautiful shorties. Thank you to Jared O'Connell. Thank you to Anita Flores. Thank you to Shell Shag for the music. Thank you, Jordan Allen, for working so hard on the show behind the scenes. Uh, just thank everybody. Thank everybody for listening, man. Honestly, I thank everybody. If you want to know more about me, chrisgeth.com. You want to hear more about Beautiful Anonymous. And if you want the whole back catalog without ads, stitcherpremium.com slash beautifulstories. Go check it out. It's a good time. We'll see you next time.